Hello everyone. Um, welcome to the this edition of the New Type Vocab. This should be issue 10. Um, this is the first one I'm recording outside of Lagos. It's the first time I've traveled since the various COVID lockdowns and things around the world. It's a weird experience to say the least. Um, it also means that my usual um, environment for recording is different. So I apologize for any... Um, weird sound quality things i haven't tested this yet in the spirit of everything that's uh you know with this particular podcast or newsletter series i'm not really doing so much um work and editing through it but i'm gonna try and see if i can reduce the noise um i just don't have my normal set of headphones but hopefully it should be good um so today uh last well earlier this week is that correct yeah on Wednesday, we announced the Hyperculture Project, at least a part of it that was uh, supported by the British Council and the Ellen MacArthur Foundation as part of their Circular Design Lab uh, series in 2019. So if you didn't see anything about it, I'm going to put some links in the newsletter. Please have a look. I have a conversation with my um, initial collaborator, Yemi, um, who is doing the work on the textile design. And I think it was a good conversation. Um, she showcased some of the materials as well. So I, I implore you guys to check it out. Um, so, but what I'm talking about today is a spin-off from that. It has to do with what I've, well, let's say the majority of the work I've been doing, um, new type-wise, apart from the textile um, design work and the work, of course, on building the hyperculture website and so on. Um, and it has to do with, well, in a way, I guess, game design. Um, it's something that I've been circling for a bit with New Type that somehow New Type evolved into some sort of, at least one, one, one arm of New Type evolved into a kind of game, game making, game design practice, um, where games, and I guess this is, a very natural progression, actually, since one of the main things with New Type is also about play and playgrounds um, and players, which, of course, are very related to games. Um, so somehow we've ended up becoming a place to make games, and games also as a form of world building. Um, it's been really, really interesting. Um, and this has become more and more obvious as I've been working on the the systems undergirding this whole thing because one of the key things for me has been how do we reimagine the the structures upon which we we build things from um i'm a very big believer in the in the idea that the environment informs the environment in which one lives and works and now and, and by that i don't just mean if you will the like maybe urban environment or rural environment or being out in the forest or something um i also mean like the structures within which one operates so are you in a company do you work out of a factory do you work with computers do you work with your hands you know these sorts of things uh affect how you see the world and what you create uh just because when one thinks about how the brain works and the fact that it's constantly, at least as far as we know, a lot of the evidence is pointing to the fact that the brain does a lot of inference. Um, it, it is not really 
like us going out into the world and literally just interpreting, you know, everything that's around us, what, what happens is a kind of selective um, pattern, pattern matching. So, you know, we have a model in our head about what is supposed to be happening out there in the world. And then we take in inputs to verify that model and, and update it. And that's something that constantly happens, neurologically speaking. And therefore, that, that means that somehow, depending on the environment we're in, that, that affects the model in our heads. And it affects what kind of information and sensory inputs we prioritize. And if that's the case, then that means the kind of output that we, that we generate will also be affected by that. So I've been really taken with the idea. I mean, ever since even before new type, but this is one of the core themes around this idea of new type, you know, where, you know, about looking for alternative, um, ways of doing things that could, you know, and what, and what what could come out of those alternative ways of doing things. Um, I, I'm really interested in seeing what, what alternative worlds create. And I'm a big believer that they will be different enough that, I mean, not, not, not initially. Um, by initially, I, I guess, I mean, not, not on a small scale. So I think it's something that, that compounds over time. It's a kind of exponential growth. So if you were at the beginning of this alternative reality, let's say, it wouldn't look that different from our current one. But then the longer you go, the more the differences pile up and then you end up with this very divergent kind of reality. And I'm really interested in exploring the various divergent realities. So back to how this affects hyper, hyper culture stuff and making garments, right? Um, I think that if it's a strong belief of mine that if we wanted to really do something very different within fashion within clothing just thinking about even business we would need to rethink from the ground up what exactly we're setting up so even words like company and production and design and market are terms that i think we need to even start um looking at again we need to ask ourselves about whether these are terms that we must have must we have a market must we have production um, must we create commodities and products? Must we have customers and users? You know, I think this is something that, that, that is a very interesting path to explore for me. Um, and so this has led to a lot of experiments and, and I'm hoping to do some videos exploring this because there's a lot of visual um, there's a very strong visual component to this. Uh, like I mentioned in one of the earlier editions, I've been looking at oral, the oral traditions and how they transmit and create knowledge. And <clears throat> as I mentioned, this idea of the fact that it's not just, um, using the voice. There's a lot of, um, there are a lot of systems of symbols and, uh, different practices, you know, whether that's dance or costume or, um, drawings or smells, you know, scents, all kinds of things that help to support the voice, um, and allow this transmission and creation of knowledge that, that, um, get, that emerges out of the, 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 the confluence of a lot of all these various medias is a very multidimensional thing. In the same way, like watching a film, one may argue that a film is primarily visual, but the film is supported by sound, is supported by 
um, um, well, I guess primarily a film is, is visual and sound, is audiovisual. But if we were to be able to add smell and touch, then you have a lot more points to play with, you know. So one of the, the things that, are, that came out of the conversations I've been having with Carmen, who is uh, my collaborator on this part of the hypercultural project, and it's something that we want to apply more broadly. So um, that has come out from our conversations and our exchanges. We we decided to work a lot with our hands, with diagrams, with 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 um, models, you know, paper models, actually folding things and looking at what um, patterns end up forming. Um, and we ended up back at something that I had been looking at um, about four years ago now, when I was trying to do an organization called the Dyad Network, which is supposed to be a solidarity network for creatives, and not just creatives, but primarily creatives, I guess, built around that, and how we could exchange value without needing money to mediate that exchange of value. So, uh, but currency has come up again for me, and I, I'm, I'm, hoping, I'm looking at this as a good sign. Um, so, and this is currency as a way of measuring flows. So, it's also a symbol system. Um, and just to reiterate, uh, from the last time, because I did think, I, I do think I mentioned this before, but currency is not just money. So, um, let me borrow a definition from Art Brock and Eric Harris Braun of the Meta Currency um, Organization. They, they also run Holochain. Um, so they define currency as a formalized symbol system for shaping, enabling, and measuring currents. Um, so they, they have a mnemonic for currency as current and C. Um, inspired by the fact that the word current is, is from the original, um, I think it's Latin for to run. So the same like current and currency. They're defined from the same root word. Uh, so, this is this is this makes currency way more interesting because now it's not just about money. You can I mean you can consider a university certificate a currency. You can consider an organic certification on food a currency. You can also look at uh, even fabric as a kind of currency because maybe a certain tribe has a certain fabric or a clan or a family has a certain totem. These are things that can all be considered currency because they they shape enable and measure currents and they are symbol systems and like i mentioned earlier um oral transmission of knowledge and creation of knowledge also is very um strongly built upon symbol systems as well or at least reinforced by symbol systems so i've been looking at um or at least carmen and i have been looking at how you know how do we because it's not just one, one, one currency, right? Um, the idea is also to get away from this idea that you measure everything with one metric, or at least one metric is the most important one, like how we currently have, which is money. So you see a lot of organizations basically look at financial health and financial flows as a means of determining whether or not they are doing well. A few organizations that I guess are a little bit more forward-thinking these days are trying to look at other impacts. They talk about um, social impact. They talk about environmental impact. But again, a lot of these things tend to come back to money, how much damage has been done, you know, carbon taxes, carbon offsetting, 
um, economic wealth in the community that they are working in, these sorts of measures. But it's a lot more than that, right? So um, the first step I thought was, I mean, because this is also a sort of fractal thing, right? You need um, currencies of currencies and you need to continue building currencies at multiple levels. So what you end up with is a currency system and how these various currencies interact with each other. So if you had like a reputation currency, for example, there's a way for that reputation currency to interact with money, to interact with access to different spaces, to interact with um, knowledge, how, you know, the kind of knowledge that, you know, you, you have access to or that you're allowed to or, or, or that you generate, you know. Because if, for example, um, some knowledge comes out from someone who has a good reputation, it's generally going to be treated better than from somebody who has no reputation, right? Um, so these are things that we wanted to be able to formalize and make very transparent because this is another thing that I think is really interesting and important actually is to be able to um, make sure that everything is transparent to everyone and also to address issues of power accumulation. So how are we doing this? I've been inspired, at least on my side, so we have different um, focuses. Um, within this uh, particular experimentation process. So I've been really looking at um, the shape, I think, that, that came to me that, that really uh, inspired me in the initial process where we were working with shapes and working with diagrams and seeing what what would stand out. And seeing what would stand out. Um, this is something that, um, the, the shape the shape that stood, to, stood out to me was actually the triangle. Um, one thing that that made me stick to it, the triangle as a shape. I mean, as as a as a starting point, I guess, was the idea that triangles um, among maybe three shapes total allowed for infinite tessellation or infinite repetition. You know, back to back, you could continually keep building patterns. Um, and triangles give birth to diamonds. And if you've seen the um, hypercultural imagery, there's the, the diamond is one of the key shapes in there. I've also been looking at hexagons. And this is something that's really, really interesting to me, um, being able to build upon these primitives. So working with the triangle, I started out just imagining to myself, you know, what what could this represent, you know, within the, the, the thought process that I've been having. And it, it, you know, it started, it started, um, I started working on different diagrams, looking at relationships, looking at how things could build with each other. And one, one thing started coming out with regards to like a currency, you know, um, I'm going to include some of these diagrams. I don't know how much sense they would make because I think a lot of this is better done as um you know being being drawn out as one is talking so the relationships can be can be built out organically but let's try this on for size for a second so the idea is that um you start off with a single unit which is the triangle and that triangle represents a whole number of different kinds of currencies but what are the important things for currencies you need to think about what what is the currency id you know um you know what what is it? What does it represent? Then you talk about who issued it. And this is something that has to be very clear. So 
is it a, you know, which university issued a certificate, which country issued a particular type of money, um, which, which body certified this as organic, et cetera, et cetera. So issuance is very important. And then we also, especially in the digital space, then we also need to be able to talk about who owns that currency. And then there are other conversations around the interaction parameters and so on. So, um, this is how, how, because currencies need to be able to work together. How do we make this, you know, visible for people? So I started thinking about how triangles can tessellate and form these different shapes, um, these larger shapes. And that representing maybe different combinations of currencies, because, you know, what do we want within this um, organization that we're trying to do? Um, which we're calling manifolds. And within a manifold, you want certain kinds of behaviors. Now, this is not to force those behaviors, but we want to make sure that people understand and can see um, very clearly the kinds of behaviors that the, that the manifold itself is looking for and maybe in a way rewarding. Even though I hesitate to use that term because I think these sorts of extrinsic um, motivations may not necessarily be the best thing to push very hard on, but I'm still thinking a little bit about that. Um, so if we could have different shapes that people are moving towards or that we know that the manifold itself, our members of the manifold recognize, then we can have different combinations of currencies that create these models, these, um, these, these models, and they represent different things. And this is where game design came in because it now started th- feeling like, oh, so this is like a game, you know, it's like a, let me not say a puzzle game necessarily because there's no, we, we don't have a single solution. Um, I like the Zachtronics definition of some of these games as like, um, design puzzle games because the idea is you're supposed to build a design. And so there are multiple routes to doing that. So what we have instead is, um, what I'm calling. So if we start off with, the single triangle as a unit. So this is a currency unit. What happens is that each unit can undergo different unit operations. And unit operations are how these various currency units interact with each other. So whether, you know, you're accumulating one type of currency, what are the shapes that come out of that? And then what are the shapes that come out of, you know, different currencies interacting and what do those look like? And then as a result of that, you end up building what I'm tentatively calling like currency diagrams or currency circuits. Um, and so these are groups of different currencies that indicate, you know, different kinds of activities. So you can accumulate currencies for, for roles or responsibilities, currencies for reputation, currencies for, um, um, let's say that, that maybe re- record value. The amount of value you know you've been able to 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 accomplish in different so different kinds of value we measured, um, and these things interact all in different ways. And so, once you create a certain kind of currency diagram or currency circuit, what happens is that you move to a different level, um, and this level is a way of acknowledge because this level is also a currency in itself. So it's a kind of meta currency. So if you're at level zero, we already know that level zero is a kind of currency and it signifies certain things. Like in, within the manifold, I immediately know either you're new or you are somebody who is not, you know, completing or doing or behaving in a certain way. And it doesn't mean you have no value, obviously. You may be somebody who's just hyper specialized in one thing. And so you are not accumulating a whole bunch of different currencies to allow for level transition. But 
um you can do one thing and so you know the signal still comes through that okay this is something this is the person that i can you know go to to work with to do this or this is what this person's role is within the organization within the manifold so but once you move up a level um what happens is that the initial currencies that you have at least this is where i'm looking at it right now they reset and once they reset, you start accumulating again and to build a new currency diagram that allows you to move up another level. And these levels dictate certain value, the values of the currency. They maybe act as like a multiplier on different effects. Now, it's not just all positive effects. So maybe you may be able to, um, your you know reputation maybe has a small modifier on it, a multiplier that allows people to know that, okay, this person is like a level three person. And so their reputation is a lot stronger maybe than somebody else. But at the same time, higher levels mean more consequences for, for, for bad actions or bad activity, right? Poor activity. So if you are somebody who betrays trust, for example, and you're a high level, it's going to have a much larger impact on you than for somebody who is very low level and did not have as much trust placed in them as yourself. Um, for the transactional currencies as well, we are planning to have a negative interest rate on them. Now, there's some money theory things that I don't want to get into here, but I think it's worth reading if you're interested. Um, so I'll include those those links in there. But um, the idea would be those those things will lose value the longer you hold on to them, and that is to discourage accumulation and hoarding. We want to encourage flow, right? We don't want to encourage things, you know, storing up in one section. Um, in any in any living system, you, you can see that um, accumulation is not doesn't really tend to lead to great things. Flows is what allows for 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 life to to really be healthy. Um, so we want to discourage it for for some things. So in some things, we'll have these half lives, and the higher level you go, the 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 faster these things will decay. Um, will also reduce the the speed at which you can accumulate certain things and there's a very strong gaming analogy here with the idea of leveling up in um in like a in a role playing game for example you know the higher level you are the slower you accumulate experience points so it's similar the higher level one is the slower it, it the transition from their level to the next one will become and also the slower they will accumulate certain things so in this way we hope to be able to um manage some of the, the 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 movements within the system and how power is accumulated or at least to make it visible so that everybody can get an idea of where influence lies where skill is and being able to track that moving you know back and forth and this is not going to replace reality obviously because somebody may have a reputation score like currency score literally of zero and yet people still really like them um but i'm hoping that this is and I mean zero because of something bad that they did, you know, for example. But I'm hoping that the system will be able to balance out eventually and still follow what people perceive as is hap that that is happening within the within the system. So this is what I'm currently working on. There's a lot of stuff that I find really interesting that is coming out of it. And working with with the drawings, working with these diagrams. There's so many. Um, things that I keep coming up, you know, for example, something that, that has been nagging at the back of my brain is this idea of, so the fact that a lot of the, the triangle interactions end up creating diamonds is something that I've been thinking about, like, do, what, what does a diamond represent? And this is taking me back to the original idea I had 
um, like I said in 2016 about the dyad because the dyad was not just an organization, it was also a currency, um, represented by a kind of hourglass, you know, infinity symbol. Um, well, at least the rotated infinity symbol. And I've been thinking that, okay, maybe this could be a different kind of unit, right? It could represent something else. So the triangle being the elementary, you know, sort of primitive unit, but then the diamond representing a certain kind of interaction that has taken place. So these are the kinds of things that, that come out, that come out naturally. And it's not to say I may not have reached this far just thinking or writing, but I think seeing these relationships pop out on the page, because a lot of natural, um, interactions and engagements that happen that I think are very useful to visualize very quickly and you can intuitively work with them and follow some of the connections and see whether they lead anywhere. Now they don't all lead somewhere interesting or useful, but I, I think I've, I've definitely really enjoyed working like this and, you know, working with these shapes to see what, um, what, what comes out of it. So it's a game in a way, you know, like you join a manifold and basically you start playing a game. And I guess this is where as a game designer, I want us to really become very aware of what are the ways people could game the system because there's a lot of overlap with real life, right? So this is, it's not just um, something that is self-contained and, you know, if there's damage in there, it's not, you know, it's not going to really have much of an effect beyond maybe just an irritated player. This is something that is going to have real life consequences. And so we, we, you know, there's a lot of um, responsibility here about making something that does not foster bad actors, that does not cause harm, that takes into account multiple um, agents, you know, whether that is materials, the environment, um, non-human actors in general, um, as well as human actors as well. So we want something that is robust enough and that can evolve, can em can allow for um emergent properties to, to occur. So again, going back to what um the Zactronics guys were saying in I don't know if you you, you know you you listening right now you had watched any of the videos, but just this idea of a design puzzle game being that you provide tools to people and then they use those tools to be able to um make their own solutions to things. So I mean players to to create their own solutions. So it's a similar thing. We want to be able to create currencies that allow people to um, come up with their own different, you know, currency diagrams. We don't want to. I mean, I'm definitely working very hard not to stipulate what each currency circuit or diagram is supposed to be made up of. You know, so you can build your own um, combination of things uh, of currencies, and you know how do, how do they interact with each other? How do the values create different things? So. We want things that are very emergent to be able to come out of this. Another thing that we've been looking at as a consequence of all of this is also this idea of um, accounting. Because accounting is also something really powerful. And I'm going to include a really interesting PDF here about how double entry accounting was very fundamental to the way we, we, we built the world. I mean, ancient times. And... Um, double entry accounting for those who don't know, uh, it's accounting as a system that takes into account, um, <laughs> wow, that, that was terrible formation. Sorry. Um, that, 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 that monitors debits and credits, you know, money in, money out. Um, and balancing those. So, you know, making sense of, you know, using those to make sense of what just happened within the transaction or a system of transactions that have happened over time. 
and it's incredible the amount of things that accounting has me allowed us to do it allows us to track value it allows us to keep record of of these transactions that occur between different um resources and and so on so if accounting really could have, i mean uh, was really key to founding civilization as we know it and accounting started off well not started off but but accounting has now become really just about money it's all i mean i don't i don't don't know of many people who hear the word in accountant or accounting and not think about money and tracking money but because we're looking at ways of expanding the conversation outside money because money only really measures a very 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 tiny amount of the potential wealth and existing wealth not just potential actually but the existing wealth in our world we want something that is more robust, but then it also means that accounting could be a very interesting key to use to unlock these these multiple pathways for for these alternative futures that we're looking at. Um, could we again shift the way we see things by adopting new accounting models from the ground up um, when we're building our organizations now? And this is how we can now track value and make sure that people are adequately. Um, recognized, compensated, and treated well, you know, and maybe this can encourage better behaviors because if, you know, human beings at the end of the day, there's so much sensory information, our brain just edits a lot of it out. And so we want to make sure that we can make certain kinds of information visible to us and therefore important. And if we see it as important, we can pay attention, we can now bring care into it and adjust our behavior adequately. Um, so these, these are the things that we're looking at. Um, I don't, I think I'm reaching the limit of the time I wanted to spend on this anyway. So, but I, I, I think it's really fascinating. I think this is something that is worth reading, um, reading up on for anyone who's working within this space, whether that's, you know, you may consider yourself a textile designer or a graphic designer or maybe some kind of, um, culture hacker or anthropologist or what have you there are lots of systems but i think these 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 tools can apply everywhere uh currencies are not just for again money you can use them in your daily life at home you can use them in hospitals you can use them in design studios because it's not just about tracking transactional value you know like we're working on a project and someone puts in x amount of time it's not just about that it's also about being able to determine what's important or what should be in view and allowing you to, to, to pay attention to those things. There's a link I will include as well in the newsletter where one of the guys behind Metacurrency, Eric Braun, was working with, um, created a currency called Death Straight Talk when his wife was um, being treated for cancer. Um, and to help the, to enable really the hospital to better manage her pain, her comfort, because she was near the, unfortunately, like, um, the, I believe the cancer was terminal. And so she was near, you know, just the end where, you know, she's undergoing palliative care and they needed to be able to make sure that she was actually not in pain. Um, and the hospital did not have systems to be able to track best you know what kinds of decisions to make and i would say that while i don't believe in silver bullets you know and you know just these single um solutions to to complex problems i do think that the 
idea that we do not pay attention to the things or, and, and, and I don't say we do this deliberately. It's just something that just skips us completely. Uh, and I'm sure everybody that's listening to this has had at least one instance where somebody points something out and you realize that it was a blind spot within, um, a, a larger picture that, that you were looking at. So I think the ability to be able to make currencies on an individual level and then on, on a, on an organizational level and then on a societal level, planetary level even are things are, are really important. Um, because if we can see more and we we are aware of more then it can affect what we make how we make um will, will immediately be affected and we can see the effect it's already having right now because the fact that more of us are thinking about sustainability and the environment is affecting what we make and how we make it and by you know um as a consequence, it's also affecting how we market things, how we talk about things, and what we find to be more important. Oh, was this made with child labor? Oh, was this made in an, in an environmentally friendly way? These are questions that we're now asking and things that are way more evident to us and we're noticing that we did not notice 20 years ago, 10 years ago even. So um, I thank you all for listening again, and I wish you all a great week ahead.